We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse through their industry. Pulse through their industry. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. Have to be consistent. You got to keep the big picture that hey, we're changing the world. We're changing. The league presents Electric People. Welcome to another episode of Electric People. I'm really, really excited for this week's episode. We've got Jeremy Long, otherwise known as the Godfather of the East Coast, and in my opinion, the company. Um, Jeremy is the guy who opened up the very first solar office for Vivint Solar way back in 2011 or 12, 2011, um, the NJ1 office. Uh, at that point, it was just the New Jersey office, right? New so, um, so Jeremy is the one who started it all. And a lot of us, including myself, owe a lot of our success to Jeremy. And, and there's been a lot of roads paved, um, you know, by you. So, I'm pumped. I've been waiting for this one for a long time. I think we're going to get some really good stuff out of you and uh, and also hear what you're up to now. So um, welcome to Electric People. Cool. Thank you, guys. It's your time to shine, J-Lo. Don't screw it up. <laughs> the real J-Lo. Before I knew Jeremy, I heard this J-Lo thing. And to most of the world, J-Lo is Jennifer Lopez, but yep. not uh, anymore. This is at the real JLo at uh, Instagram. Jeremy and I have also, I think everybody that works at this company has been here a long time, has a unique relationship with you. That's something that you could really hang your hat on is you've connected with people kind of all over um, the company. So maybe first question I have is you're in a position um, right now where you're back in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. We'll go through this, I'm sure, but uh, you know, you work your way up in New Jersey. We were working together when you lived in Utah. A lot of you guys may not know this, but Jeremy is a, a a music buff, we'll say, a theater buff, a connoisseur of the arts. Connoisseur of the arts, is that <laughs> okay. word? A history buff, for sure. History buff, for sure. Yep. And I remember when Jeremy told me he was going back to the East Coast, I was just thinking, I think I sent it to you, but the, the Hamilton song for Thomas Jefferson's Coming Home, dude. Yeah. Back. You did. Mm-hmm. So, so back. Yeah, man. What's your take on things? How's life treating Jeremy Long right now? Life's good, man. It's been uh, it's been a fun ride of Evan Solar. Um, this is year uh, eight with the company, so uh, it's the longest I think I've ever been at a company. So it's been. Uh, what employees have been here that long? Uh, no, I was the fifth. No, Chance came in about three months after I did. I trained Chance. Took. So are you the longest-standing employee now? Um, Paul was ahead Paul. of me. Oh, Paul. Yeah. So Paul yeah. and you, basically, right? Paul. That's was like ahead when twins are born. They're like one of them's forty seconds older than the other one. <laughs> uh, he was there. Yeah, guys. Paul was there probably two months before I was, and then. He was, you know, doing the finance stuff, which hats off to Paul. He, you know, basically saved us getting the money that we needed to make this thing work. And then the money came to us and it was like, I remember the first meeting we had. So it was me and and a buddy of mine. We step in as the first test market salespeople and they said, all right, we have this tax equity fund. And we were like, sweet. I don't know what What's that tax is. Equity? <laughs> okay, cool. And they're like, basically it's $75 million and you have to go sell $75 million worth of stuff in the next three months or they won't give us any more money and the company's done. Like the whole, not even the company, the whole idea of solar door to door won't work if you guys can't figure this out. And I remember I looked at my buddy and we were like, okay, whatever. You're I like mean, a 75 just million. Just like, I'm not sure what that means, I do, but yeah. we're gonna go. I remember I asked, I was like, so how many accounts is that? And they were like, oh, it's about a hundred. And I was like, I came from alarms. It was a regional alarms. And I'm like a hundred, dude, that's like, 
can do it's like three, four weeks with four guys. Like, come on, yeah, like no, no big deal. We got this, you know. I had that thought when I came to Solar too. I'm like, how many of you guys are doing? Like, man, the best teams are doing like 400. I was like, 400 alarms in a summer sucks. I know. You know, and then you come here and you're like, oh, diff- it's totally like different 400 story. Homes, this is totally different. So we went out. I we flew out to New Jersey and um, I sold 17 in the first uh, four days. All but one canceled. Because I had no idea what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> you want to talk about m- managing expectations for customers, man. I just had this piece of paper. They co- told me it was called a PPA. I didn't know what it was. And we didn't know anything about it. And they said, you, what you're going to do is you got to get them to sign this. And you're going to save them money on their power. And we got to send a guy out to check out the roof. And it'll happen like the next day. So the way I was setting expectations was like, yeah, you're going to save some money. Guy's going to come out. It'll take like five minutes and he'll check out the house. <laughs> so the next day, site surveyor does his first site survey. It takes three hours. He falls through the roof. He falls oh off gosh. the roof. And, you know, they all cancel because expectations were totally mismanaged. But I didn't really care about that stuff because what I went out there for was I wanted to see what the response from the customer was going to be. Like, could you do this door to door? Would people respond in a way that was, um, you know, positive for a door to door salesman? That's all I cared about. I didn't know anything about solar or what I was selling, but I, I knew I would learn that and we could figure that stuff out. But what was the response on the doors going to be? And it was, you know, coming from alarms where, you, I mean, you're pretty much scaring people, you know, into a sale. You're trying to create, um, energy, you're trying to create a need on the doors that's usually not there. And, or, uh, you know, emotion. Yeah, emotion. I have a dish background, and all dish really is is, you know, do you have this channel or this one? I can get you this channel for a little cheaper price, but there's really no, you're not really doing anything positive really for the for the people. This was like a total breath of fresh air. It was like, you know, we're going to, we're going to change the world together and you're going to save 30, 40, 50, 60 bucks a month. And it's not going to cost you anything. I mean, come on, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what really caught my attention with solar was I remember talking to Chance and talking to you in this feeling of what we're doing matters and is making a difference. That was what really attracted me to it. Um, so, yeah, it is it is a unique thing. But you also had this major, like this huge sense of purpose because you not only had that aspect of it, but you also had this sense of purpose of, this company, if I'm not successful, may not even get off the ground. Yeah, it was totally in our hands. I'm not a very, uh, for me, like, I don't know, those things don't bother me. I don't get really anxious about them. There was no like staying up all night. It was, I knew what I was good at. I'd been doing it for 10 years. I knew I was, I could sell. And so it was just like, look, if, if this can be done, I am sure as hell I'm going to be able to do it because if I can't do it, then nobody can do it. So I wasn't really worried about it. It was just going out and figuring it out. And that was a lot of fun for me. Well, not only that, but the opportunity of being at the forefront of, uh, in, you know, for maybe some of those that don't know, when we first started Vivint and Vivint Solar, we're basically still the same yeah. company, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. For all intent and purposes. And then they broke off. But for you, you had this vision of, what this could be yeah um i really feel like was the difference between you and a lot of other leaders is i always felt this clear vision of where you thought this could go and every time you'd visit our teams and things like that you would sell that vision better than almost anyone i'd ever you know been around and that's like what inspired us and kind of kept us going at all times you know and to be quite frank with you, I, a lot of times it was total, I had no idea what, like it was, stuff was changing so quickly. 
we get a lot of in our industry now, everything is so, you know, people get really nervous and freaked out as things change. Oh, I was told this. I thought it was going to be this. And they don't react really well to it. Um, If you've ever a book to read, maybe it would be Who Moved My Cheese. Anybody ever, you know, that's Mm -hmm. an older book. But that whole concept, man, the first two, three years of this company, from what we were told in the beginning to what it ended up like Dude, every I was gonna week. Tell you that. Every week it was something different. And you just had to, I mean, it was like me on the we were on the phone with the CEOs being like, where the hell is my cheese? Like it was you <laughs> said it was supposed to be it. here. It's gone. It's Jeremy's gone. like, you told me this. Yeah. I told Adam this. And I'm scared of Adam. Adam's and gonna, I don't even know. I have this to go guy. tell him this now. Like, no, no, no. No, but I think yeah. about that like uh, you know, you have people now that come back and they're like, I was promised. They always yeah. have promised this. And it's funny to think like you went to try something and just, I think, and maybe we'll get into this, but kind of like a staple of your career is just adaptability. Just, I thought it was going to be this way. It's another, let's roll. So let's go. Yeah. There was a, there was a lot of that. Um, No entitlement. I think you could get in a lot of trouble if you feel entitled uh, to something happening. It's not just entitlement of like, I'm the best, but entitlement of, Hey, you told me that it was going to be this way. I expect it to be this way. And I, I need it to happen this way. You are leaving a lot on the table if that's if that's how it is. The the most successful people in life are able to adapt to multiple different changes, and they're able to succeed and grow in those adaptations. And the early years of Vivent Solar were ridiculous changes, just over and over and moved around. Um, we went from you know the whole initial concept. I think Adam mentioned it early on was. Solar was supposed to be like regions within Vivint Inc. They were supposed to be teams within regions. I came over to Solar, you know, with my partner uh, at Vivint Inc., the other regional that I was working with, to create a solar region within them. It wasn't like six months before that was completely blown up. And all of a sudden now we're bigger and we're pacing for a you know, IPO and we're a publicly traded company a year later. And it's like everything changed from the beginning, but the people that pers- that persevered and were able to kind of create uh, the most lasting um, images in the company were the ones that were able to really adapt quickly and not just adapt, but adapt and then perform in those adaptations. Bruce Lee talks about that, if you guys want to go deep with Master Bruce for a second. But he talks about bamboo, because it's really strong, but you can bend it like crazy, right? And then it'll take its form back. And I, to your credit, I think you've done that incredibly well. I can't remember how many conversations you and I have had where you want to start the conversation being like, it was supposed to, and we quickly get to, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Let's roll. Yeah. Where are we at well, now? and, you know, early on, so Jeremy was my VP uh, for the first couple of years, right? And... There was multiple. Can, can, com- can we talk about like the like that oh, battle? Friction. Can we talk about that battle? Yeah, we can. I hit. I made. I right made now. that VP spot by the skin of my. I remember a conversation with Chance. You have to beat Adam, but Chance, I did beat Adam. I don't care. You have to beat him now, but Chance yeah, is beating me now. Man, the so way then I, beat him again. I'm sitting between the you way, guys in case there's a fight. No, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to stop it. The <laughs> only thing I was looking at is I'm like Jeremy's like three lessons ahead of me in the manual. Like that's it. Like. He's not better than me. Like, he's just a couple lessons ahead of me in the manual, and it's pissing me off that I can't catch him. Yeah. But, you know, and, and I guess just to touch on that real quick, I think it's just we're both so competitive, and that's just the nature of this alpha personality. When you're really competitive, 
and we didn't know each other before we started so I didn't I never even heard of you you know and I came from a different company so I didn't know anyone at Vivint I didn't know Jeremy's history and and to 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 Jeremy's credit I didn't give him the credit he deserved for his accomplishments at Vivint and his previous companies um I just came in with this like chip on my shoulder and uh Hey, this is history that a lot of our young guys don't know. Yeah, this is I mean, like, it was, this is the, this, hey, you have to know this stuff if you're gonna perform here, these are your roots. Yeah, you this know? is, I mean, Jeremy was one on the East Coast and I opened the second office on the East Coast and I viewed Jeremy as the competition. I mean, it was, I mean, there was zero unity between the two of us and Chance would try to like force us and I'm like, Chance, stop. Like, I'm not even talking <laughs> to this dude. Like. I know that, and I had heard rumors Jeremy would like paint this vision of like, eventually, you know, we're going to do this, grow this, throw that. And I'm like, I see you, like I see it and I'm going to pass you. <laughs> and, um, but what was funny is that that drove such competition between, uh, and Jeremy knew that I was gunning for the same thing he was gunning for. And it was just this battle, but, and I know you'll give me the credit once chance made the decision um, let, let me tell that part. Okay, yeah, you, tell, you can tell that part. Yeah, so I was scared to death. When Chance made the decision and I, I was promoted to the VP, my initial, the well, first thing on. that Chance- one more, one more backtrack. To give you an idea how much tension there was, I found out Jeremy had called one of my reps at one point just to talk to him. I called Jeremy and I said, if I ever find out you talk to one of my reps again, I'm like, I swear to God, I will drive to Jersey and I will beat your ass. This was like a and, week before I got and I was like, no this is like a week before he got promoted, by the way. That's so, funny. and I'm like, I'm like, never call my people again. And as he started to reply, I just hung up. Yeah, that happened. That so. happened. so, you know, I get the, and the first thing I said to Chance, I was like, thank you. I'm excited. And I'm like, can you help me with Adam? And he's like, nope. He's like, you, you got the job. You got to go figure it out. So my first job, I, you know, I, you, you got to confront the brutal facts. You got to go, you know, hit, you got to hit the wall head on. And so I was like, first thing I did, scheduled a trip up to Massachusetts. Never been up there. Never met him before. Um, well, Chance had called me and told me as well. Yeah. So, but we hadn't talked. Never talked. Well, and that's the thing with leadership. It puts you in these situations. Like, again, you got to be careful what you wish for, right? Because you get the the job, but then you get you see the thing that you think you want, and then beneath the surface is you then really the real, yeah. what the job is. You start so realizing you, what you signed up for. Yeah, you, you, not, you get the job, and I'm like, sweet. This is what I've been fighting for for two years. I got it. And then it was like deep breath, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, okay, <laughs> now we go. I had a lot of I had a, I had a vision of what I wanted the East Coast to be. We were very fractured at the time. You know, New England was New England. Adam had killed it up there, but he was it was very territorial insulated insulated the rest of the company had come from me from my office right so you had mike brand who was from me in in new york from jersey and then you had mark toon from jersey so i had kind of the rest like i knew those i could work really well we'd work together you know mark and i'd worked together for years and then there was adam up there and i was like, well, like and i knew he game, was he was the alpha you know imagine the game of risk jeremy had like taken over asia and I was Australia, but we had a stronghold. Like, <laughs> you, you I mean, the like, walls were had, high. Yeah. I'm like, our fortress is impenetrable. Yeah. So, you guys are intense, man. Yeah. You guys are but intense. This is this is the good story. So I fly up there. Um, I meet uh he, you know, he picks me up. It was cordial. We get to his house. I walk in and, and I meet his wife. I go to shake my hand and she's like, Oh, you're the one we hate. And I was like, Oh, and Adam's like, <laughs> 
Because Magdalena usually miss, she usually minces she words. She doesn't mince she words. She does not mince words. <laughs> and I love her for it. And we, we kind of just, you know, it's, things started being okay. And then we drove, he took me to a, my first ever hockey game. So we're driving to the hockey game. And we had a conversation on, on I-93 driving down to the game in Boston. And I'll never forget it. But basically he said, look, um, he's like, we, we, we battled hard. But one thing you're going to learn about me is that when, I, when, when I'm beat, I will, I will be loyal to you. Like, I will work with you. We're going to work together. We're going to be okay. And I remember when he said that, I was like, oh, okay, let's go. Yeah. And in the future, right? So that was six, five, six years ago. I worked as his VP for uh, two Couple or three years. years and then stepped down to go to the West Coast and work with, with Ty and then ended up coming back to the East Coast. And now I work for him as my VP. It was no problem for me because I then had the opportunity to do the same thing to him. You know, the, 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 uh, um, honor to work for someone who was able to do the same for me. I had no problems with that whatsoever. And if we talk a little bit, you know, everybody, I feel like this company, this industry gets really tied up in positional growth. They feel like they're not growing unless they're moving in the right way on the positional org chart. And I think my, my uh, path is, you know, flies directly in the face of that. Right. I, um, I've, I think I'm the only one who's worked, been over every market in the company. I've worked in every area. I've sold in every state. I've worked with all of our DMs on both sides of the uh, of the coasts. And then I stepped down to go back into a director role to come back to the East Coast to come back home. There wasn't a spot for a VP, and I wanted to come back. It was a family decision to come back. So it was it was not a tough decision. Ty, you were there when I made it. We made it kind of together, and. The ability for me to recognize, look, my title does not define who I am and the growth that I need to be. I know what I needed to be. I'd been a VP for four years, you know, um, and I was ready to get back in the field. I missed, you know, the, the VP role is a little more disjointed from the field and in with the people. I wanted to get back into that. I'd learned a ton as a VP, which no one can take that from me. Like, I, in my mind, I'm still... Like I, I know what I am. I don't care what my title is. I know yeah. what I am. And, um, but the fact that, that Adam and I had that experience working together for two, three years, and I hope he learned things from me and I was excited to come back and see his growth. He became a whole nother, I mean, the last three, four years, Adam stepped up into a whole nother, you know, level. And it was very easy for me to come back, step back in and say, I'll work for Adam any day. Well, it's what's unique about it is, for me personally, I feel like I have this consultant that I can come to anytime there's a global company East Coast issue, right? I can go to Jeremy and I can say, hey, I need another set of eyes on this problem and I want your you know, your opinion on it. And he has a unique perspective that nobody else has where he's worked in every market. He's been a VP of both coasts. And um, yeah, so it's an invaluable resource. I also think, you know, just for you and your family, like your family is sort of changing too. And um, I know, you know, probably want to give a shout out to like your daughter. Your daughter's taking off with her music <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And I think in that VP role, it would have really hamstringed sure. you as, in, with your ability to support her as well. It was, um, so yeah. um, there were a lot of reasons why, you know, stepping down into that director role was the right thing for me. And it didn't, the fact that, that maybe on a positional org chart, it looked like a regression, even though the pay is about the same and right. everything else, you know, my influence didn't, I guess, I guess that that's the point 
where your position doesn't doesn't define who you are. Your influence defines who you are, and what influence is is just how how many people you're able to help, right? And that you've helped over the years. That's what influence is. You know, are you reaching out? Are you helping people up? And have you in the past? That's what your influence. That doesn't die. That doesn't change with the position. Yeah, I had you know that's I have a similar um, I guess relationship with that same topic because I mean my position that I was at at Vivian Inc. I mean I had multiple sales teams. I, I didn't have an office. I wasn't in an office. And then when I came to Solar, that was one of the most refreshing because a lot of people were like, "How could you take a step down?" And I'm like, "Look, there's an opportunity, and I think I can contribute to it." And the crazy thing is the levity with which I operated when I came because it was sure. like. I was in flow. I was in a project that needed me, that I was well suited for, and it made me really happy. So, I, I mean, I was a DM at that point, and we were building an office and having, like, we, we were just having success, and then the right thing happened. Um, and that's a good caution, I think, for a lot of people that are listening that are thinking, okay, what is my career gonna look like in direct sales? I always say the, the growth isn't a title, growth is number one. Finance. Are you getting yourself to a new financial level? That would be financial growth. And then number two, how many accounts are you actually influencing? If you have four offices that do 50 accounts versus being a key part of one office that does 400, that office that does, that's a better, that's probably more value added and you're probably happier. 100%. When I think of Jeremy, I think of one, a really, really good salesman, um, just personally, and then also a master strategist uh, who I think in the early days of the East Coast when we were growing so quickly, I mean, at one point it felt like we were opening a new office like every couple weeks. We were. You know what no, I mean? And we felt like that because we were. It, it was, was like every two like, weeks. All of a sudden we get the global email the whole company would be like, hey, announcement, we're hiring three new DMs and wherever, right? And and it was just endless, um, you know, I don't remember what year that was, maybe 13 or 14. Uh, we went back right. and forth. Or was it 15? 14. And, couple couple um, old diet guys sitting on the dock talking about 2014. <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly. But the point is, Jeremy, he navigated that so well. And I alluded to this earlier. There were so many times where Jeremy, you know, would talk me off the ledge, where I'd get worked up about something and... Um, or losing one of my best guys to the West Coast. or And Jeremy would help me understand the big picture of the company. And so there was always this feeling of uh, stability with Jeremy, where it was like the wizened old man that you'd sort of go to for advice, even though he's actually younger than me. <laughs> so, but I would like, I'd go to Jeremy and I'd be like, help me understand this. And we'd sit and talk through it. And he actually talked me out of uh, going to Arizona when Phoenix first opened. Chance called me and, and Orange County exactly as well because Orange County opened. My wife and I had always wanted to live out in California and Jeremy talked me out of that one. And then when Phoenix opened, Jeremy talked me out of that one. And uh, it's honestly probably the two most influential conversations of my career because had I moved to one of those two markets, who knows what would. Yeah. Yeah. And it established kind of your... Like, what do you know? Like, Adam's known for um, staying put, the anchor, right? Mm-hmm. He put the anchor when we were when we were deciding what our what our brands were going to be regionally. Adam did a big training. I don't know if he remembers it, but it's one of the first times I ever saw Adam cry. 
was when he was talking about New and England. Then since then, he's got, now he cries all the time. I cry all the time. And that's not, you're not special. But, uh, well, it wasn't me. It was in front. I mean, he gave this training on the anchor and how, what the anchor meant to him and being able to put the anchor down in his roots and to stay put in his family, love Boston. And, and this is where he was going to make his name and this is where he was going to grow. And it became what he, what him and his people because our people are just a reflection of the of their leadership, right? Mm-hmm. So his people reflected that in him. And some of his greatest leaders right now, you know, you name Moff, Don, Richard Howell, Dave, Dave Yates, I mean, Troy Van Bell. Yep. They own homes, they put down their roots, and they are just bought into the anchor, right? That would have never happened if those first, you know, couple... But to, to back to the original point, it was Jeremy that really sold me on the idea of... You need to put roots down and grow here, you know. So, um, but I I think this gets overshadowed a lot. I've I just mentioned I really view you as one of the greatest salesmen in the company, and to this day Thank I you. think you still have the record for installs in a week. Industry. Um, uh, I don't know if Dave's beat that one yet. So yeah, yeah eighteen installs in one week. Nineteen. Nineteen installs in one week. Everyone always says eighteen, and you always say nineteen. It's, it's funny. nineteen. Delstra has it as nineteen. Just give him, just give him the give install. Me that just give Jeremy has a photo. He has a photographic memory. I'll yeah, go with listen, Jeremy. Dave's done it. Dave did sixteen once and seventeen. The last He's, big push he had, he did seventeen. Jeremy's become the seventy-two Dolphins for that's a football reference time. Yes. Yeah. So no. Well, no, it was before. So the seven, Dolphins are not. That's true. Dolphins. He's a yes. yes. The, the undefeated seventy-two Dolphins, only team to ever go undefeated. Every time a team gets close, gets close to going undefeated. They congregate together and watch the games together, oh, and they really? root against them to lose. <laughs> and it's, it's become this thing where everybody like makes fun of them for it now, and they're just like, "Hey, man, we don't care. Like, this is the one record we have. Like, you know, <laughs> you, we get you it. Guys it been, looks, you guys have been all my records. It looks really, really petty, but we're still rooting oh, against yeah. you. So, <laughs> yep. Jeremy's the seventy-two I'm Dolphins. At, but I do have a standing thousand-dollar incentive if anybody beats that record. Oh, there you go. Thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. You got a lot of, you got a lot of young bucks. Dude, you know what's one of the craziest things about the industry now is I saw this the other day that we're seeing career people. So like yeah. our generation, we're like maybe like the first generation of door-to-door like career people in in like our families and stuff. But I was in an office the other day and I said, how did you hear about Vivint Solar? He's like, oh, my dad sells door to door. And I was like, dude, we're there. We're two generations deep where it's like, <laughs> it's not like now nah, he sold Kirby for a couple months. Know, it's man. like, no, my dad's a career seller. And now, you know what I mean? I Whose kids are going to be the best career salespeople? Uh, Ada, Ada. Ada's going to take a run at it probably. I, I don't know. I think Ada needs the organization to be running, like keeping everybody in line. She'll she's be a CEO. Too, yeah. Rocco? Too, I don't Rocco. Know. I don't know. Hey man, if you could channel that energy... He is lightning in a bottle. <laughs> uh, yeah, what about your kids? What about Jaden and... No. Nope. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think any of them. We'll ride the rock star. It's not for everyone. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Let's talk for a second um, to jump back to the positional thing. I'm really interested in that. Um, I maybe had a little bit different of a perspective of you guys when um, you came and said, hey, I'm going to go back to Jersey because I remember looking at the West Coast... And it's funny that we sometimes have these little rivalries and stuff, but it's it's also awesome to do these projects because East and West Coast, like I'm just a fan of direct sales. Like to sit down with Don Gomez earlier and to sit down with like Cam Catmull earlier and to hear your story, like this is really inspiring stuff. Like Jordan always says that what our guys do is every bit as impressive as what pro athletes do. It's just maybe not as sexy, but <laughs> it's every bit as impressive. When When the company was looking at New Jersey, 
they were looking at him being like, okay, what do we need here? And the crazy thing is in the room, everybody knew that Jeremy was the answer. Like everybody knew that if there's one person that has universal influence, if there's one person that understands the market, if there's one person that actually probably has the tacit knowledge and skill set to provide what this group needs right now, it'd be Jeremy. And then I remember thinking like, I wonder how he'll take that. And the the mark of a good leader for me is they can see what needs to be done and they'll, they'll do the thing. Sure. And I don't, I don't, I wasn't privy to the to the conversation, but I remember you looking at it and be like, yeah, I see that that's accurate and I'll do that. Yeah. So if we want to get deep into it, I guess the conversation happened probably a week before I made the decision and Chance pulled me in and was like, you know, East Coast could really use you, you know, um, they're in a, you know, they're in a rebuild phase. We, it's nothing against it. We always go through these ups and downs. Every market's know? had a time where they're up. Yep. Every market's and had so a time where they're down. The East, cyclical. the East Coast was in that cycle trying to build back out of it. The same he, cycle we were in a year and a half yeah, before. when I came over there. Yeah. And we were like, please help. Like, And so I, you know, I, my initial thought was probably what most people would be. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm a VP. There's already two. And I, we'd heard that Daryl was going to be, you know, promoted. There, there technically there hadn't been a third VP yet. And I was like, so, I mean, would I be the VP over there? Like, what, what is it going to be? And he's like, well, I guess we haven't really, you know, promoted. But I think Daryl is going to be the guy. And I was like, well, okay. Then what am I supposed to do? You want me to step down, be a director? And he's like, yeah, that'd probably be best. And you can, you know, get the influence. You know how chances that stuff. Get back down, fight, and like. And in my my initial thought was like, that's a step backwards. That's stupid. Why would I do that? And you're like, no, I don't. And then I went home and started thinking about it more. And then it started like, wait a sec, hold on. You know, like you preach all this stuff about, you know, that that that's, that stuff shouldn't matter. That, you know, you go to where the fire is. That's one of Bywater's, you know, favorite um, uh, leadership mantras. And what he was taught, you know, growing up was, or in his growth as a leader was his CEOs would tell him, you go where the fire is. And if you want to be successful in, in, in business, you just go to wherever the fire is and go put out the fire, no matter what it is. And so, you know, I had that in my head and I'm like, you know, my, we really missed the East Coast. Um, we were ready to go back. Um, there was a much bigger need. Um, you know, states, all the states I was over were shutting down for solar, you know, due to the regulatory stuff that was out of our control. It was frustrating. Um, and it was like, you know, maybe this is what is needed. And the more I thought about you know, there, there's, we're very pride. Like I think Adam mentioned, we're alphas, right? All of us are. To be good at this, you're, you're an alpha. So there is that still pride. It's not like I was like, oh, sure, I'll just go do it. There was that alpha. Oh, I'm not going to be a VP anymore. What about that? You know, I've been a VP for four or five years. I was the first VP. This is going to, what's it going to look like? What are people going to say? You know, like, well, they think I got fired. Like, what? Well, you know, like all those things are going through my head. But it, but it was only for a small portion. It was like, none of that matters. You know, it doesn't really matter. You know, and uh, Chance knows, and the company knows, and your influence is what actually matters. Your title doesn't matter. And that's where the need is. And if that's where the need is, and your family's on board, and there was, you know, Adam mentioned stuff going on with my daughter and her career. It was obvious that she needed to be back here. And it just kind of all came together. And, and it took me, you know, 24 hours or so for me to just get over that that pride, ego part of it, the yeah. ego, and just say, no, this is what's needed. Uh, let's go. And I went in to Chance, and I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Let's go. Ego is such a heavy thing, right? If you think yeah. about, like, you're trying to run a race, but you're carrying this ego, it's like, just drop that thing in your so It's a parachute so, sometimes. It's if, a, it can be a parachute and, a, and wind at your back, because it sometimes it's good for you. That is, and then other so times if, it's, if we want to get, like, really deep, I'm a big... 
the, the, the ego is what makes us so good on the doors and it's what kills us as door-to-door salesmen in our careers. It is, it gets in our way so many times. Um, we see it. It is, it is the one thing that if we could just figure out how to step back, take a look at the bigger picture and what actually matters and forget what other people think about you or what you think other people are going to think about you and just make a right decision. We don't do that very often. And if we could, we'd be so much better off. Yeah. That's awesome, man. The, uh, yeah, that was a really good example to me. The other thing, I think this company has done a really good job at that is uh, it, we're like in a band that all of us play all the instruments. Sometimes yeah. you just switch and you're like, I want to be the lead guitar. Sure. And it's like, but we need a bass player and I know how to play it. You know what I mean? And people, exactly. I, I can think of countless people that in other jobs, other scenarios uh, were different yeah. leaders. And I also made it very clear when I came over too. Like I know when they first got the call, there was probably excitement. I know there was excitement that I was coming back, but I guarantee that Adam and some of these guys were like, uh, you got another, what is he going to, is he going to, so I wanted to make it very clear that, look, I, I'm coming to work for you guys. If you want to ask me questions, I'll help out where I can, but I'm going to, I'm going to do my part, my job and let you guys run your thing. This isn't my show anymore. You know, like I ran it, I built it to where it is. Now you guys go do your thing and I'll support you. And I, and I, I had to make sure that that was very clear. I think I had a conversation yeah. with Adam very well, early. Chance called us. I think just individually and we talked through it and and he just said hey what would you think about Jeremy coming back and and I was all for it from the get-go and because I've always just believed the more leadership the more talent you have um, we can figure out how to make the pieces fit but to get a chance to have a really talented person come back to the East Coast I felt was going to be a big win Um, also because we just lost a few guys that had relocated out to the West Coast as well. So to have somebody come back from the West to the East, um, to me, it felt like a, a and, it, and you came back during the winter, if I remember as well. So that was also like another piece of it because yeah. we'll lose a couple guys like in the winter where they just, you know, they Can't crave it, the yeah. warm weather or whatever, and that's fine. But, um, but to have Jeremy come back was nice. And I think there was probably some, you know, some combos that you kind of had to have to work you, you know, to get everyone to kind of find your place again, right? But sure. um, but you called me and you said, hey, remember that convo that we had um, on I-93 when you told me you were going to follow me? He's like, that's probably the number one reason why I felt comfortable coming back and working for you guys now. So, um, and that meant a lot to me, so. Well, and even in recruiting, right? Like, you, you, it's a more mature, being a solar leader, like running a business, running an office, running an area, uh, you don't burn, like, I think we do a pretty good job at that. You can always improve, but how many people work for us yeah. that before we, you know, maybe used to work for us and left, but they came back because they felt comfortable coming back and you're so glad you just didn't pull that trigger when you wanted to. Right. Or um, people yeah, that you've I'll, competed against that eventually wave the white flag and say, is there a place? And you're like, yeah, come in. You know what I mean? I'm definitely not as good at that as uh, most people. So. You know who's the best at that though? It just blows my mind how good he is chance. Yeah, yeah I was so say it. good yep. at that. Yeah. And sometimes it's so frustrating. Like, why don't you just, yeah. and he doesn't. And then sure enough, six months later, they're back and happy and, you know, and, and yeah, chance is amazing at that. Running, running towards the fire is an interesting thing. Um, Tim Kennedy is a special forces guy and he did a podcast. I'm trying to think of who, who he did this with, but he talked about that in special forces, that's kind of how they rate the guys that they want to roll with is they're always looking for a fight. And he talks about like intentional violence, like or violence of action, where it's like when it's time to go, that you go. 
And um, this idea of going towards the fire. So when I came to solar, if you remember, I was either going to go to Maryland, New York, and California was a distant third. Uh, because Maryland had potential to blow up. Blow up. New York was blowing up. I never know this. And what happened? New York was blowing up. You were in your little cocoon in New England. I'll tell you what happened. So I was making the decision. We were looking at houses in New York. We'd found schools for our kids and everything. Yeah, J-Lo just never texted me back. It was the weirdest thing. I'm just kidding. But the... uh, Dude. The, the interesting thing, what happened was, and keep in mind, back then the California pay scale, the cost of living was high and the, it was the bad, earning yeah. potential was low. Uh-huh. And so I chose California and a lot of people were confused. But what happened was um, we had had a leader leave that market. And I don't know, I, I, I wish that I could say it was a conscious thought. But By the I way, remember, that leader is back with us now. Yeah, they, they circle back. But I remember thinking like, that place has a hole. And if I could fill that hole, that'll be really good for my career. Because this making a dent in the universe that Gomez was talking about, like I wanted to make a dent in solar. That was my goal is I'd, I'd, I'd learned some things in the industry and I wanted to punch it as hard as I could. And so for people that are listening, I think your career is a great example of that. But if you go to where the fight is and you add value in the fight, the best thing you can do for your career is solve a problem, right? Solve an important problem. Like go to a place that really needs you and perform and you're good. Yeah, I remember. So when we started the East Coast, you know, it was a, a, the very first thing I did after I met with Adam. I said, Adam, let's go. Let's let's get. I guess if, if there's one thing, w- when you're leading, uh, leadership is really a, a a group of you know, it's you and your and and the other people have influence leading together. I tried to make sure when I led the East Coast that it was we're all going to do this together, right? I had a lot of alphas. You know, you can imagine my my first office was me, Mark Toon. Keith Hewling, Mike Brand, two VPs over at Trinity currently. Yeah. You know, that was my office and I'm trying to work with these guys. So I had a lot of history of working with a lot of really good people and trying to have all of us rise at the same time. So when the East Coast split, we had our four regions, tried to get everybody together um, and grow and do it as a, as a unit. And we blew up. We were, when, when we first started and I was promoted, we, we were doing about 20% of the production of the company. We couldn't get anything installed. That was our, we were selling like crazy, but our install was just, we couldn't get anything through the pipeline. It was just, we were struggling with that. And uh, California was just on fire. You guys were just killing it. And um, we, within eight months, went from 20% to 70% of the volume of the company in eight months and just blew it up. And, and one of the, I remember where I was, we had our first IPO, so we IPO'd and we had our first earnings call. And we were, uh, our CEO at the time was on TV being interviewed at CNN by, I uh, can't remember her name, but she, they, he was actually on TV and they were talking and our stock had just plummeted, you know. And for, it was one of those, it took us, man, a year to figure out what the yeah. hell that stock Everybody was Everybody was a stockbroker. But we were like, time. we had no idea what was going on. We were, because we killed our numbers. And what happened was because at the time, East Coast wasn't as profitable as California numbers, right? So when we flipped the pendulum and blew up our numbers, um, they were less profitable technically to California. And at the time, the the investors didn't really know, understand the the models or whatever. So we got dinged because they saw our profitability went down. We got hit really hard. And he, uh, she asked the question to him. I was sitting with my wife on the, and I was so excited that we'd been killing it. And she asked him, she's like, so your profitability tanked. It looks like a lot of that has to do with the shift of your production coming from the East Coast. Are you worried about that? And my heart was like, 
oh, <laughs> I thought I did so good and we just killed the company. You know, I immediately called uh, our CEO at the time. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, what do you want me to do? And he was like, no, you did your job. They don't understand. You just, you know, you just keep going. We'll be fine. And it was cool. But I remember like, that was the first time where I was like, holy shit, like what we did just affected the entire company, the stock, everything, because we actually did our job and we killed it, you know, and eventually it corrected and we went in the right way. But, um, it's, you know, I guess if I could say anything to all the solar people that are out there is that what you do actually has an effect when you go lead, you go grow, you go grow teams and build. I mean, we're talking about the history of us five, six, seven years ago in 10 years from now, we're going to look back on today and there's going to be 10 leaders and it's not going to be us three that, that people will look back to and be like, remember when they took over that region and they, they tripled it and it did this to the company, those people are out there now. Mm. We've kind of, we did that and now we're overseeing what's happening now, but those people are still are out there now. And who's that going to be? And this is your time to kind of step out, go grow it, go kill it and actually affect the company, affect the world, um, affect your bottom line and just do something great um, and and make a make an impact, create some value. Jeremy, it's been awesome having you on, man. Really Thanks, appreciate guys. it. It's been fun catching up and reliving some of the some of the glory days. So glory days. Um, thanks for being on. And uh, this has been another episode of Electric People. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.